0: Last week we were in Matthew chapter 7, we had to rewind the tape a little bit and go to Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13, and this is what it says, it says, you are the salt, someone shout salt, Salt. you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? Someone shout salty. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. You are the light, someone shout light, of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Every time I read that, I want to go back to vacation Bible school. Let your little light shine. Put it under a bushel. No. (laughs) You're not going to let them blow it out. No. Anyway, whatever. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works. They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Mm -hmm. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That God, it divides bone from marrow and spirit from soul. We thank you for that today. And Lord, I just pray that your word would touch our hearts. That God, your word would be what shapes who we are. I pray that. That God, our faith would be what shapes our sight and The way we live our lives. I pray that. Reveal this word to us today. I pray, Lord, that I would decrease so that your spirit would increase in this place so that I can articulate the words you've given me clearly, very simply, so that we can apply your word to our lives, Jesus. I pray that right now. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to reveal it to us. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, high five, five people. Tell them this. Say, be salty, don't get salty. Say, be salty, don't get salty. Well, good morning, CWC. Come on. If you know God is good, someone shout, God is good. God is good. God is good. If you're watching, that's right. And all the time, God is good. <clears throat> yeah. Amen. Well, I know it's good to see each and every one of you. If you're a guest with us today, we, we'd like to welcome you. Let you know we thank God uh, for you. <clears throat> so look, I was talking to the Lord uh, this past week. How many of you know it's good to talk to God every day, um, and it's probably pretty good that your pastor prays. But anyway, um, I try to make that a habit of my life, daily routines, multiple times a day. But <clears throat> but I was talking to the Lord this past week about how everything the the media is saying. And everything our government is doing right now, it isn't reasonable. Like, like it's not logical. What is what is taking place on the on the earth? And and I'll be real honest with you and transparent for a moment because, you know, I've really struggled at times with how much to say from the pulpit. You know, it's something me and God toil with back and forth often uh, because I take it very seriously. being up here. Um, See, the Bible says this, that not many of you should be teachers because those that teach the word of God will be held at a higher account. And this is why I tell people who say, I want to start Bible study. Praise God, start a Bible study, but no, you're going to be held at a higher account because you're teaching God's word, right? This is why I tell people who want to hop on Facebook and start going through the word of God. That's great, but no, you're going to be held at a higher account. It's fine. Do it. I'm all for it, but just understand the weight that comes with it, the gravity that comes with sharing God's word and sharing what God is speaking, speaking to you. And so, man, I, I get it. And, and I'm constantly going back and forth with God about it and, and how much to, to say about it. But, but I, I have to, to, to tell you what God is, is telling me. I have to be obedient to him. And he's been on me a lot lately about what's happening in our communities and right where we live. And so far be it for me to, to say nothing and just allow all this garbage to keep happening unchecked with, with, no, with no basis, with no word of God to shape it, with no word of God to apply to our lives, to make it through it, right? Because the word of God's gotta be more than concepts to us, guys. It has to be more than stories that we read and stories that we've heard. It's gotta be something that, that literally we can apply to our everyday lives, it has to be, and so I got to share what, what God has put on me, and I actually uh, really believe I probably should have been sharing a lot more, a lot earlier, uh, to be honest, but I can't go back now. Um, I can only do what God is telling me to do in the moment that, that I find myself in, and, and what I'm seeing across the, the nation is, is fear, right? It's fear. The, the media is the media and the government are, are using fear to control the people. This is, this is what they're doing with it. And, and look, the, the reason that we, we have to talk about it is because the church has to respond well to it. Like we have to respond well because one day we'll be judged accordingly because of it, okay? We're going to answer for it. And the church has to be leaders and not followers, we just do, uh, because hear me, hear me, if the church doesn't shape the conversation, then the world will control the narrative, and I don't know about anybody else, that scares me to death, because man, the world is, is dark, and, and the days are evil, that's what the Bible says, and so what the world is doing is they're propagating fear right now, and that's how they're controlling the narrative, is, is, through, is through fear. Uh, they are trying to keep everyone afraid, right? Including the church, by the way, including the church. And so the bottom line is, man, the church needs to be telling people how to deal with it, um, how we're supposed to get through it and walk through it, how, how we're to live during the times that we find ourselves in. And so lately the Lord's been talking to me a lot about it um, as we've talked about it several weeks in a row now. But I was talking to the Lord like, like God, what is happening? Everything I'm seeing, everything I'm hearing, it's just not logical. It just isn't logical. And and instead, right, it's it's this fearful mentality being being peddled amongst people. And, and look, let me preface everything I'm about to say with, with this, right? I do believe and I do think that COVID-19 is real. I think it's a real virus. I think people are really getting sick. I really got sick from COVID-19 last year. Um, I quarantined for 14 days. Like they told me I should quarantine for 14 days, um, you know, b- because I do believe if you're sick, you should stay home because I don't want what you got. And if I'm sick, I promise I'll stay home so you don't get what I got. Okay, so, so that, that's, that's, that's great. And, and man, I, I know all kinds of other people have been really sick from it. As, as well. And, and I know people who have known people who passed away from uh, COVID 19. And man, I, I, I hate the virus. I hate how the enemy is using it to, to, to promote fear and cause division in the church and division in our country. Like it's, it's insane. And so I hate it. But, but what I'm about to say is in no way to, meant to be insensitive or to take away from your experience with, with COVID 19. Uh, because the truth is, man, I pray daily. For, for you and your family, even if I don't know you personally, right? I lift you up before God. God, watch over our people. Man, Lord, I, I pray protection and health over them in Jesus' name. And just because I don't know your name, God does. And he calls you by name. He's numbered every hair on your head. And so he knows what I mean in my heart. And so, but we have to talk about um, what's, what's going on so that the world can control us, control the narrative through fear, and so that the church knows how to respond to the times we find ourselves, that we find ourselves in. Because here's the truth, right? Our God has given us not the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's what our God has given us. So we don't have to walk in fear. Right? Our God says this, to be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about any of it. But instead, in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God with thanksgiving. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So don't worry about any of it. Don't be fearful about any of it. And this is the way Christians are supposed to handle it. This is how we're supposed to walk through it. But COVID-19, it's real. However... How the government is pushing it and presenting it is real dangerous to us, especially to us. And when I say us, I mean Christians, Christ followers. And so let, let, me, let me just hit the rewind button for a moment. Let's, let's track back a little bit when COVID-19 first hit. When it first came out, first hit, what'd they do? The first thing they did was shut down all gatherings, They shut them down. You can't meet no more. You can't gather together any longer. You're shut shut down. Well, who who does that impact the most? The church. The church gathers together more frequently and more consistently than pretty much any other entity on the planet. We, We gather together multiple times a week, every single week, week in, week out, day in, day out. And so they said, "No, no, no! You have to stop. You got to stop gathering. You have to." And so the church was impacted greatly uh, by this 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 order, right? And some churches still haven't went back to church. By the way, they're still just meeting online. And while other churches never opened their doors again. They just remained. They just remained closed. They just, ah, oh, we'll just we'll just call it quits. Which let me listen to me. That goes against God's word directly. So God's word says specifically, don't forsake, don't stop the gathering together of the saints. That's the church meeting together. Don't do it. So we can't stop gathering no matter what anyone else is saying because the Bible says something different. And this is the ultimate authority in our lives. Whether we like it or not, it's just the truth. And then after they've seen, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, well, I'm not stopping all the gatherings because some of us just... We heard from God and wasn't going to do it. And so, okay, now we, we got to switch it up. Okay, if, they're not, if you're not going to stop gathering, then at least stay six feet apart, right? Stay six feet apart and don't touch each other. Okay. Okay, well, how, how is the church supposed to do that? Because the Bible says to lay your hands on one another, pray for one another so that your bodies may be healed, so we cannot not touch. and We cannot sit six feet apart. We've got to touch. We have to because the Bible says to. Did you know the Bible also says this? That we can impart spiritual gifts to one another. That we can impart the gift of healing. That we can impart the gift of speaking in tongues. That we can impart the, the, the gift of words of wisdom and words of knowledge. We can impart the gift of prophecy. We can impart the gift of faith. We can impart the power of God. We can impart spiritual gifts by the laying on of hands, by touching, by touching one another. Appropriate, by the way. <laughs> Better preface everything I say. Well, pastor said, <laughs> glory to God. But this is, this is what God has called us to do in how to live, church. We gather. We lay our hands on each other. We pray We believe it because God literally is telling us this, that his people will transfer his power on the earth through his people and through other people. He uses people to transfer his power. God literally is saying, I will multiply my power on the earth to my people through the laying on of hands of other people. This is how God multiplies on the earth. So again, that order of do not touch one another But it hurt the church. It tried to stop the move of God. It tried to stop us from spreading his power amongst one another. And listen, the Bible warns us of this very clearly. It says that the the prince of the power of the air is at work in the sons of disobedience. In hopes to stop the move of God. That's basically what it says. To stop the move of the Lord. And see, the enemy knows this. He he knows it, and he knows if he can get the church stopped, then the people of the earth are in big trouble. They're in big trouble. If he can stop us, the church, by shutting us down through fear, then he'll be able to wreak havoc on the unsaved. Can't wreak havoc on us, because our God is with us. He's fighting for us, and if he is for us, then nothing and no one can be against us. He sticks closer to us than a brother. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, ever. So we're good. But there's a lot of people that aren't good. There's a ton of people out there that don't know Jesus. And the enemy is beating the crap out of them. And so the enemy knows that if he can shut us down through fear, then man, he can have his way on the people of the earth. He can have his way. But, but, but let, me, let me be clear. He will not stop the move of God. He will not... Because the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Yes and amen, meaning it is so. Let it be so. There's nothing he can do to stop it. That the word of God will always come to pass. It never returns to him void. And so, man, I I tell you, I, I declare... Today, by the Spirit of God, that the church will not continue any longer to live in fear. That will no longer continue to be silent. uh, That will no longer continue to allow the enemy to do his agenda unchecked. But rather, we'll be the ones standing before him and saying, No, 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 you're not coming at my community any longer. You're done. I declare that there'll be modern-day Davids arise in the church in Jesus' name that will literally look in the enemy's face. That'll look the giant in the face and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. you came at me with a sword and a spear. You came at me with COVID-19 and fear, but I come against you in the name of the God of Israel. And I bind you in Jesus' name. Jesus says, I've given you the, the, the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven in Jesus' name. And man, we got to believe that our God is fighting for us. As, as long as we're with him and we're... Pursuing him, we're standing with him and for him. It's amazing, man. God is calling us to be modern day Davids, modern day warriors. Come on, if you're ready to be a modern day David, shout, I'm ready. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm ready to rise up and, and fight the fight, this good fight of faith. I'm ready to do it. And I shared with everyone last year when all this stuff hit, when the Lord spoke to us, about a month into the process of COVID-19, when God said to me, He said, "Everything to do with this virus and everything associated with it is political in nature and demonic by design." It just is. And, and that's what God spoke to me. I mean, it was so clear. And I was like, "Wow, cool. And so we came back to church, and you know we haven't looked back. We haven't looked back since. And, and because he said it's political in nature and demonic by design, the last time I checked, we're not politicians, so we don't have to be politically correct. Right? We, we, and and we, don't, we, we are meant, we are called to destroy the demonic. And so we don't have to be fearful of it. right? And this is what God is, is doing in his people across, the, across the, the landscape right now. He's calling us to be bold and courageous. He's calling us to, to take a bold stand for our righteousness. Amen, calling us to live holy lives as we're wholly devoting our lives to him. So we can no longer go along with what the world is pushing. We've got to stand against them and fight against them and speak the truth no matter the cost, no matter how offensive it is to people and no matter not that we're trying to be offensive for offense sake, I'm not trying to do that, but but here's the truth, you know, you can do with it what you want to do with it. That's between you and God, not me any longer because I've told you the truth. And so we have to see what the enemy is using COVID-19 for. We've got to see that he's using it for fear, to hurt the church and to stop the move of God. And listen, the church is the last line of defense on the earth between the enemy and the people of the earth. And so after they, they said, you can't, you can't gather any longer. Then they said, you got to separate six feet apart and you can't, you can't touch. Then they came back and said, and you can't sing. You're not going to sing because of droplets or whatever. <clears throat> That's what they said. So, so you can't sing. Again, who does this hurt? You, gotta, you just got to see this. It hurts the church. Now they mask it by saying, well, there's no concerts at all. Oh, stop it. You know, power in a concert. Glory to God. It hurts the church, not the concerts. And I'll tell you why it hurts the church so much. It's because God commands us to worship him. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The Bible says that God will inhabit the praises of his people. So if we aren't worshiping, if we aren't singing, he isn't inhabiting us at all. That's the Bible. Jesus says it this way, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. Saying one of the ways that we are serving God is by worshiping God, singing to God. Colossians chapter three, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Again, gather together, be close to one another, admonish one another with singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's the way we declare his goodness, how we show him our thankfulness. Man, God, we're so thankful for you today. So we wanna sing to you. Psalms chapter 34, the psalmist wrote this. He wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. And then jump to verse three. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, someone shout together. Together. Let us exalt his name together. So, So again, The way we serve our God is by gathering together. One of the ways that we serve our God, he tells us to serve him, is by worshiping him together, singing praises to him together. And this is an order from headquarters, the ultimate authority, the word of God. It's the ultimate authority. It surpasses any other, any other authority on this earth. And there's no getting around it, guys, whether we like it or we don't. It's just the way the Bible says we got to do it. And so we've, we've got to gather together. We've got to lay hands on one another. Um, we've got to sing praises to the God we serve. We have to worship together. But yet when COVID-19 came, what, what did they do? They, they said, you can't do any of it. You got to stop all that stuff, all of it. You got to quit it. Again, using fear. Because they said, if you do do it, everybody will die. That's literally what they said. That's what they were saying. Everybody will die. You'll be responsible for the death of everyone around you. And you'll even die using fear to shut us down. And so it's very important that we see the writing on the walls and stop turning a blind eye to it and start talking about it so that we can know how to handle it. And here's the thing, the enemy is never satisfied with what he gets from us ever. He keeps going and keeps pushing and keeps pressuring. And so when he he finally moved a little bit off of us, where'd he go? He went to our kids. Now he's putting the pressure On our children. Going after the children. They're telling our kids. If they don't do X, Y, and Z. Then what? They're going to die. Or they're going to cause other people to die. And the reason that they're targeting the kids is very simple. Because the enemy knows he has to take them out. He has to make sure that they remain fearful. While they're younger. So that they won't wreak havoc on him when they get older. See, he's trying to start now. It's a smart battle, uh, strategic battle plan. It really is. Let's start when they're, they're, they're real little, when, when they can't really protect themselves. This is why they need us. That's why they need mom and dad to stand up before them and say, oh, no, no, no. He ain't messing with my babies. That ain't happening. It's not gonna happen. So, so look, and, and here's the thing, and here's the truth. Kids are virtually 100% successful against COVID. Whether you like to hear that or not, that's according to the CDC website. Even the CDC says it. Like they can't even deny that. They're they're literally virtually 100% successful against COVID. So when you see that, then you have to start asking, wait a minute, what the heck is happening? This isn't reasonable. This This isn't logical. And so I was talking to the Lord, what is going on, God? And the Lord spoke to me so clearly, so clearly. He said, if it isn't logical, it has to be spiritual. There is no other angle, Keith. If it isn't logical, it has to be spiritual. And when something is spiritual, the only way to overcome it, the only way to make it through it is by getting into the word of God and applying it to our lives. It's the only way. It's the only way to walk through it. We've got to shut off the the news, okay? Hear me. Shut off the news. Fox is not the word of God. I'm just telling you. Right? Like, Newsmax is not the word of God. CNN is far, far from it. But <laughs> there's like levels here. Right? <laughs> far from it. They've all got their own agenda. Hear me. I promise you. And it is not the word of God. Their agenda is not the word of God. I promise you. But we got to drown out all that nonsense. All social media. All of it's got to go. Shoop, turn the volume way down. And start focusing our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. Start opening up this word daily. You know, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not. But it's against the the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. It's a spiritual fight. If it's not logical, it has to be spiritual. Spiritual. And so in order to to win a a spiritual fight, a spiritual battle, we got to turn to the one who is spirit. And the Bible says that God is spirit. And those that want to worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? That God is is spirit. Did you know it also says that that, that his word is a lamp unto our feet? and a light unto our path. It says that his word is, a, is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it divides bone from marrow and spirit from soul. It says that all, skip, all scripture is God-breathed. It's all God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in all righteousness so that the servant, the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work. Simply, simply saying this to us, that his word is sufficient for us in every season of life. It trains us exactly. It speaks to us exactly where we are to help us get through it. That that his word will reveal to us what we need to make it through the times we find ourselves in. It reveals to us, the word of God reveals to us how we are to fight in the spiritual. That's what it does. When things aren't, aren't logical, we have to understand it's spiritual. And you know, it was funny to me because I was preparing for last week's message, right? Follow the leader. And God started downloading this at the exact same time that I'm preparing for the other message. It's super confusing to me when he does that. But I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share today? Well, next week, whatever. And he was sharing with me and, and he actually gave me the, the title of today's message, which is be salty, don't get salty. Come on, tell your neighbor again, be salty, don't get salty. That was the title he literally gave me. And, 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 and I think this is very important to realize that as we are fighting the good fight of faith, we can't get salty about it. The world's going to act the way the world acts. And we don't have to get salty over it. Meaning we don't have to get bitter in the midst of it. We can't allow ourselves to fight the way they fight. We're not allowed. We can't be screaming and cussing and acting like lunatics. Like that, that, don't, that don't help anything in the kingdom of God. And so we can't, we can't get salty because Jesus says, be salty. I need you to be salty. And so he takes me to Matthew chapter five, starting in verse 13. And that's what we, we read earlier. And we'll read it again really quick. If you guys could pull it up, please, for me. Matthew five, verse 13 says, your light, no, 13, not 16. You are the salt, someone shout salt of the earth but if salt has become tasteless how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people Mm. now last week what we we talked about was how jesus said we've got to find the narrow way because the way is hard to find because it's the way that leads to life. And so it's narrow, it's, it's constricted. And so it's hard to find, but he says, you, you must find it. And then we also talked about how the, the, the way that, that leads to death is, is broad and it's, and it's wide. And many are going to find it and many will be on that, that path. And what the Lord spoke to us through all that was, was something that I thought was really good because it was really simple he said this, he said, when everyone is headed a certain way, if all the media is pointing you to go a certain way, if all the politicians are shouting at you to do a certain thing, if all the quote unquote experts are all telling you to go do the same thing and head the same way, then as Christians, we should probably be headed the other way. Seriously. At the very least, we ought to step back and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute because the world is heading down the broad way, down the wide road to destruction. And the other way it's narrow and not many will find it. Few, the Bible says a few will find it. So I better find the few and get with them. And the only way to do that though, is to to know the word of God, to be in the word of God. And see, this is what Jesus is actually saying in Matthew chapter five. See, he tells us to find the narrow way in, in, in Matthew chapter seven. But if you back up here to Matthew chapter five, what he's doing is preparing us to be able to find that narrow way. And he's saying one of the ways that you you find the narrow way is by being the salt of the earth and a light to the world. This is how you find the narrow way. And, And in Matthew chapter five, it is the start of the sermon on the mount. It's the start of it. It goes clear through Matthew chapter seven, by the way. Um, And it's one of the most well-known, most famous messages Jesus ever preached while he was walking the earth. He spends a ton of time on it. He spends Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter six, and Matthew chapter seven. It's all the Sermon on the Mount. And he spends that time telling Christians how to find the narrow way. He's telling Christians that we've got to get our butts off the sideline and into the game. That's literally what every chapter, go read it, Matthew five, six, and seven. He spends his time telling us, listen, man, don't be passive, but be aggressive in your pursuit of me and your pursuit of righteousness. This is what he, this is what he does. And if Jesus preached his longest sermon, I think it's noteworthy to mention because what he spent most of his time talking about, we should probably spend most of our time trying to carry out. That just makes sense to me. See, Jesus knew that the enemy would try to keep us distracted. He knew he would try to keep us preoccupied. He knew that the enemy would try to keep us silent and try to keep us passive and keep us on the sidelines. This is what he knew. And so he preaches this most famous message in his longest message telling us, no, 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 do the exact opposite of that. Do the opposite, get in the game, fight the good fight of faith. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is about. And he starts off though, I find it very interesting in Matthew 5, one through 12 of the Sermon on the Mount with the blessing. He starts out with an exhortation. He starts out with an encouraging word, right? He says, blessed are and blessed be, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those that mourn, blessed are the gentle and blessed are the, the merciful. So he starts off talking about the blessings of God only to transition into The mandates of God in verse 13. We all love the blessings of God. However, the blessings of God come with a caveat. It comes with, if you, (laughs) that's what it comes with. If you, you will receive the blessing. And so he starts off, hey, this is all that you can have if, into the mandate, if you are the salt of the earth goes from blessing, transitions, and to the mandates of God. And the first mandate is, be salty, don't get salty. Be the salt of the earth. And here's the thing about salt, right? Here's the thing about it. <clears throat> it, it it's got many, many uses. And, and th- there's this old saying, right? He's worth his weight in salt. You ever heard that? He's worth his weight in salt? No? It's, yeah, it's it's It's, it's old. And, and the reason, it's old. I wasn't talking about people. I was just saying the saying. But salt was a really hot commodity back then. It was very highly sought after. Matter of fact, in biblical times, the Roman, the Roman government would pay their soldiers with salt. And the way they did that was they weighed it. Hence, he's worth his weight in, in salt. And, and so salt has many functions to it. And one of the functions is obviously it seasons food. Have you ever gotten fries from McDonald's that hadn't been salted? They're awful. They're like disgusting. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And listen, I'm I'm terrible with salt. I put salt on everything. I don't even taste the food and I'm dumping salt on it because I know I need salt. I need it in my life, but I love salt. That's only one of the functions. There's, there's multiple functions. And one of the main functions that they would use it for at the time was, was for battle wounds. When, when they would get wounded, a soldier would get wounded, they'd rub salt in the wound because it had this healing, healing uh, function to it. But more than even that, what they used salt for the most was its preservative power. It's preservative function. It would preserve things for a long period of time. In case you weren't aware of it, back in Bible times, they didn't have refrigerators. Couldn't go to Best Buy, put it on 13 months, same as cash, you know what I mean? Get the LG, let the see through, the button pushes. Like there was none of that. There was no way to cool anything down back then. And so they used salt to preserve their meats and other items. They would rub it all over the piece of meat and it would make it last a lot longer. And so it was very important to their everyday life. Matter of fact, it was a necessity back then, not to just salt their food like me, but to actually preserve their food. But when it lost its, its ability to preserve, when it lost its ability to, to season, Jesus is saying it's, it's no good for anyone. It's no good at all. And, and so what Jesus is very simply saying to us is this, You must be a people who preserve. You must be salty. You must be a people who preserve my values on the earth. You must be a people who preserve my principles and my commandments on this earth no matter the cost. You must be. Jesus was saying this, that if, if you want to be a person who follows me, you must be a person who preserves what I stand for what I represent. You must be a person who preserves the kingdom of God on the earth. Simply saying, if you want to be a Christian, then you better be a person who seasons the earth with my goodness, that seasons the earth with my righteousness, that seasons the earth with my boldness. This is what Jesus is saying. But after he says that, he says, but if you stop being salty, if you stop being salty, if you no longer preserve my values, if you no longer preserve my principles and my commandments, if you, if you no longer preserve what I stand for, if you no longer preserve my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you've lost your saltiness, then you're no longer any good to anyone. If you lose your saltiness... You'll no longer be able to carry what I need you to carry on the earth. If you lose your saltiness, he's saying, you will no longer be worthy to follow me. Strong verbiage. Because you've lost your saltiness. You're no longer salty, so you can't follow me. And so he says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Verse 14, he says, be the light of the world. Be the light of the world. So, so be the salt of the earth and be the light of the world. And do you know the two, these two things give one common theme, and that's the world. Be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Both of them talking about the world. See, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And what this tells us, because both of these things point to the world, it shows us God's intentions. And God's intention is a global intention, it's global. And He's saying, This is your mandate as a Christian. I need you to be influencers and preservers on a global scale. On a global scale. And look, he's not saying it to us personally, like, like you gotta go sign up for missionary work today. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's, that's not the intention of what he's saying. But what he is saying, he's speaking to us corporately. He's speaking to us collectively. He's speaking to us as the church as a whole. You guys all be the salt of the earth and be the light of the world. And the way that we go about doing that is by influencing and illuminating and preserving the principles and commandments of God in our towns, and in our schools, and in our workplaces. It's gotta be locally before it will go globally. Has to be locally. If we wanna have a global impact, we first have to impact our communities. We've gotta first impact our schools. We gotta first impact our our local politicians. That's what we have to do. You know, so often I hear Christians say, well, we shouldn't be talking about what's going on, and we shouldn't be dealing with, with politics, and we, we shouldn't even be talking, talking about it. Well, listen, if, if, if we don't talk about it, how can we impact it? If we don't talk about the things that's happening around us, then, there's, then the enemy has the ability to blind us to what's happening. Because again, then the world controls the narrative instead of the church shaping the conversation. And the very first thing that we've got to do as the church, the very first thing we've got to do is we've got to cast out. Cast out and cast off all fear. The Bible says that God's love, his perfect love, casts out all fear. Man, we've got to cast it off and cast it out. We have to bind it and loose God's peace and God's freedom upon our lives because we can no longer allow the world to cause us to be fearful. You know why the apostle Paul was so dangerous? His attitude was, ah, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It don't really matter what you do to me. That's why he was so dangerous on the earth, because it didn't matter. This is the mandate on a Christian's life, to live with that kind of boldness, that kind of freedom, See, we must be a people who are praying and believing that if god is for us actually nothing and no one can stand against us like we've got to actually believe that and not to just get us all hyped up in church but actually walk that way talk that way believe that way and hear me if we don't make it our business to know what's happening on the earth to see what the enemy is trying to do to the people on the earth then there's no way that we'll know how to be the salt of the earth we won't know if we don't know what the enemy is doing in the world, if we don't know what he's trying to perpetrate on the world, then we won't know how to be the light in the world. We'll have no clue. So that's why we must, we must talk about it. We must deal with it. We must open the word of God to see how we're to react, react to it. So we got to take time daily to be in his word, not in the news, not on social media. Did you know those things have no ability to preserve you whatsoever? None. To, To illuminate you, None at all. It's the word of God that will preserve us. It's the word of God that will illuminate what the enemy is trying to do against us and those he's using to come at us as well. It's the word of God that will cover our eyes to the deceit of fear that this world is trying to put on us. His word will reveal truth to us. And the truth is, here's the truth, the power of God lives inside of us. That's the truth. The truth is he's filled us with his authority. The same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you and me if you've given your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit rose Christ from the grave and he lives in us. So the truth is we have the power of God living inside of us. The truth is God is counting on us to bring his kingdom to the earth right now in the time we're living in. The truth is he's put a mandate on our lives to preserve his righteousness on the earth. Truth is, COVID-19 was used to spread fear and to control the earth. But the truth is, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to. But instead, we can be emboldened by the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus right now, today. We could say, today, it stops. No longer am I going to let this news and this media and all this other stuff control me any longer, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm done. The truth is the world has used COVID-19 to try to stop the move of God. That's what they've done. That's what God just laid out for me, just plainly down the list that we went through today. But God said this. He says this to you today, but I've put you on the earth. I've put you on the earth, Rusty. I've put you on the earth, Ryan. I've put you on the earth Ashley and Hayden I've put I've put you on the earth Heather and Don. I've put you on the earth right now to fight this on behalf of me and you know when I get really discouraged about what's happening around me because I do I'm only human and right? I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh what's going on it's crazy Jesus help me but when I start to get discouraged God reminds me he says no no, no but I've appointed you and anointed you for such a time as this Keith Did you know you could have been born in any other era? God could have had you born whenever, wherever he wanted to put you. But he decided to put you right here, right now, in this time and in this season. Because he anointed you and appointed you for it. You've got what it takes. We've got what it takes as the church. Because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. But we must be in his word daily. So that we know exactly how to be the salt of the earth exactly how to be the light in this dark world because hear me hear me how I'm the salt today may look different than how I'm the salt tomorrow I don't know what tomorrow holds for me I have no clue so I don't worry about the troubles of tomorrow because today is it's got enough of its own problems okay so I'm just trying to get through today but I don't know what tomorrow holds so I don't know how I'm going to be the salt tomorrow but but, but man I, I believe that I can know how to be the salt today See, me being the light today in this dark world, it may look different tomorrow. It may. This is why it's so important to be in his word daily so that we know by the spirit how we're called to be the salt and the light to this world. And no matter the season, no matter the season that we find ourselves in, whether it's a tough season, whether it's a stormy season, no matter what, right now, we just happen to be in a heck of a stormy season where the enemy is coming at the church straight at our throats. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to stand in his face and fight him or cower in fear and hope he overlooks us? Like maybe we don't say it, he will go by us. No, he's not going to. But no matter the season that we find ourselves in, we're never, to be a, we're never to be a passive people, but we're to be aggressive in our pursuit of God's will and his way on the earth. Aggressively pursuing it. Aggressively pursuing uh, it preserving his commandments and his principles on the earth no matter the cost to us personally. Come on and stand to your feet, please. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's, so much, there's so much to dissect in all that we just talked about today. And I only have 45 minutes with you or whatever, so I don't got a lot of time to break all of it down. But this is what I do believe today, man. God wants to impart something to each and every one of us today so that we are strengthened by one another today, encouraged by one another today. And so listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the altars. The worship team is going to lead a song here. And man, I'm believing that, that as we, we, we come before God, See, the altar represents a place of encounter with God. That's what it represents. And that's why we, we, we open up the altar. We've designated it for God and, and spend a lot of time up here praying and seeking God's face up here. Hours and hours go into it weekly. But, but anyway, I believe that God is wanting to strengthen us today and fill us with a brand new fervor, with a strength that we never even knew we had. Because listen, it's not gonna get better right now. It's going to get a little more difficult on us. I mean, they're arresting pastors in Canada, our neighbors, arresting them for having church. I mean, these people just having church. They did do nothing else, but they're arresting them. And so, man, I think this, that we better stand up now before it gets to our doorstep and pray and believe God and trust God, God strengthen us. Give us a strategy to fight against the enemy. Give us a strategy, give us a strategy, give us a strategy, Jesus. And so we're gonna open the altars. And if you want prayer, man, we'll pray for you. If you just want to come up here and ask God to fill you, I believe he's going to. And so every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for this time that we got to spend in your word. We thank you for the freedom of it that we have right now. I pray we would make the most of it, Father. I pray that. I pray that we'd be thankful for it. And I pray that today, God, we come before you humbly. Asking you to strengthen us and to fill us. Teaching us how to be the salt and the light right now in this world. Teach us, Father. And as your people come, God, I pray they would meet you and find you right here. Yeah, Lord. Holy Spirit, draw us to you. In Jesus' mighty name. So we're going to open the altars. Worship team, go ahead.